Welcome to the Millionaire Cookbook. I'm your host, Mohammed Sabri, and I'm looking to provide you with a million dollars worth of value in a single podcast. All right, hello everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Millionaire Cookbook. This is episode 15, and today I have my good friend from the UK, Akash Joshi. Now, Akash, he is 18 years old, but him and my him and I first met it was early 2019 so i had just turned 20 years old and i believe he was still 16 at the time turning 17 and ever since then you know him and i we've gone close so we kept in touch and you know just seeing his progress over time is just very admirable very inspiring and it motivates me to work even harder and you know, he is someone that isn't very high key on social media anymore. You know, he just lays low and does his thing. And that's what I find really admiring. And that is something that a lot of younger people, you know, whether you're in high school or just starting university college or just around his age range can really take off of him to just put your head down and work. But as far as the actual podcast, starting off, we just kind of dive uh, into his background uh, a little bit of Facebook ads talk, you know, just a bit of technical stuff for those people that are interested. But the bulk of the podcast is exactly what allowed him to become successful at such a young age, basically as a teenager. So we dive into a lot of mindset stuff, a lot of discipline stuff, uh, stuff that he had to do and sacrifice that a lot of teenagers aren't willing to do. We also dive in deep into, you know, social media and all of that stuff, because that is a very relatable topic for, you know, pretty much any younger person. But uh, yeah, it was a very enjoyable episode to record, and I have no doubt that it'll be a very enjoyable episode to listen to. So yeah, with all that being said, sit back and enjoy the episode. All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of The Millionaire Cookbook. This is episode 15, and today I have my good friend Akash Joshi. So, Akash, how are you doing today? Doing good, man. Doing good. Awesome. So, how about you just give us a quick introduction about yourself? So, how old you are, what you do, and all that good stuff, and just give us a whole uh, timeline, I guess. Yeah. So, yeah, again, my name's Akash Joshi. And yeah, pretty much I own an online marketing agency. I'm 18, um, dropped out of college around one, one and a half years ago. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much sort of a, a brief background, a little bit about my sort of childhood. Um, I didn't really come from any like money. I don't come from any sort of financial help or anything like that. Um, my parents probably owned or like made around two thousand pounds a month between them so it's really not that much but yeah it's, we're out here working hustling man but um yeah we live in Dudley Birmingham UK that's yeah that's pretty much a pretty much a rundown of sort of my childhood awesome man so as far as like the agency life goes is this the only entrepreneurship thing that you've pursued or have you done other stuff in the past leading up to it um 
I think I think everyone goes through a phase where they do things at school. Like for me, it wasn't really much of like buying, buying or selling sweets or anything like that. It was more of just ordering stuff for people. So what I used to do is nice. like, I used to be like the middleman, that merchant, uh, and take that merchant fee. So people used like, a lot of people didn't have like debit cards uh, when I was in school. So what I used to do was I used to say, oh. Um, you know, you got something off. They want something off Amazon, they're not allowed to order it off their mom's card or anything like that. So I used to sort of, you know, find where I can get a discount, 15, 20% off. And then I used to sort of um, make money and marginalize that way, charge them a little bit extra. So you make 20% of every sale that you get. So that in terms of school, are you, at around 15, um, I invested in cryptocurrency when, you know, I think it's 2017 when uh, it was just booming and it, it went on that really big bull run. I invested in things like Bitcoin, Litecoin, Ripple, Ethereum. I invested in all of all of that sort of stuff. So I turned, I think I borrowed money off my dad, around 750 pounds. And then I invested that actually and made, I made a good amount. I think it was like three to 4,000 pounds back. So I took money out of there. Um, so I traded a little bit and then apart from that it's ever since it's just been you know a lot of self-education and running that agency life that's awesome man and as far as the agency goes uh, if you don't mind giving us a rundown exactly like how you started a bit of the uh, obstacles and pitfalls you went through the past couple of years and basically how you came about to where you are right now I think um, I think the main obstacle that a lot of people face is that service delivery side and not a lot of people know how to deliver the service that they're selling and that's something that I faced very early on in the beginning uh, when I was like you know 15, 16 trying to sell a service that I'm, I wasn't really too familiar about. I didn't really understand what you know what goes into Facebook ads, uh, what goes into sort of marketing psychology. I didn't really understand anything you know of that nature so I think that's that's a main pitfall I think a lot of entrepreneurs in this space go go through um and yeah so a lot of the time I know uh, a lot of people have this have this route where they hire a freelancer and leverage their case studies and try and sort of learn off the freelancer I went down the route of getting a mentor and then that mentor sort of liaise liaison with me and sort of took me through a few of his clients let me manage them for a while when I was very very young and I'm you know super grateful um, for my mentors that I've had all over the years and I sort of learned from you know people uh, you know at the top of the game some of the best agencies in the world I've learned from and and yeah that's pretty much it yeah so it's 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 a very it's a very hard industry to you know play in if you don't know what you're doing um and yeah, I feel like a lot of people in this industry just take the lazy way out and that's, you know, just hiring the contractor and letting them do all the work when it, as a, as a business owner, I think the first thing you need to know is what you're selling and what you're delivering. Otherwise you're given full control to, um, the people that you're hiring, which in my, in my opinion, I just don't make it, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. Yeah, I completely agree. And that was actually going to lead me onto my second question you know just learning the skill of facebook ads or really any skill in general you know in, as opposed to just hiring someone and 
doing it for you type of thing. And I know you kind of touched up on it a bit, you know, the importance and why you went that route. But if you have anything else to add on to it, why you decided and why you think other people should learn the skill, deliver the service themselves rather than kind of taking the easy way out as you worded it. Um, I, th- I think the main thing is you got to understand the potential in what you're selling. So, so a lot of the times when people start out, they don't believe that it's, it's going to work. They, so I think you can visualize, oh, I can get this guy a return. But until you literally dig deep in and understand, you know, the ins and outs of the Facebook platform and the ins and outs of just marketing principles in general, I think it's, I think it's super important that you learn the deliverables so you so you know what you're hiring hire, hiring other people to do, so you know at least a bit about what your service you're selling to customers as well. Because I've had a lot of a lot of times where clients have just asked questions that I don't think a contractor could it could answer. Things like attribution windows, things like certain creative psychology stuff that we're using, um, you know, full funnel approaches. I think a lot of the time people just get like hung up on you know hiring a contract tractor you know doing it really quick i think in my opinion taking you know a step back maybe even sacrificing a year a year sounds like a long time but a year is much more than enough especially when you're young um just to look at how you know just to build that skill i think the skill aspect of it you know if anything goes wrong today i still know i can do media buying i can do i can advertise myself i can advertise um, the agency, I can advertise any client I, um, you know, I wish. Yeah, hundred percent. And another thing too, uh, you know, Amar, he, he said on his, uh, story, you know, this was before his <laughs> old account got hacked, but he basically said, he's like, you know, the importance of learning the skill as well. You have a lot more confidence in delivering the service. And that's something that I kind of realized for myself back when I was trying to leverage contractors. I'd go into the sales meeting a lot more timid, uh, more hesitant, not as confident in the actual um, outcome that the deal would produce. But learning the skill itself, you know, and this is for agency and like back when I was doing the fitness coaching as well, like in the winter, because I'm the one delivering the service and I'm confident in the results. The sales process was just so much easier and the clients sense that you're genuine and that you're confident that you will deliver those results for them. Yeah, I think I think when you talk about it and you under, actually understand sort of the fundamentals of marketing, the principles of marketing, um, you know, Facebook ads as a platform, how it works and stuff like that. I think going into any sales meeting, um, you talk about it with more nature instead of like reading off the script saying that you can make someone a return on investment or you know saying that oh this will help you because of this i don't think like anyone should really be pitching like that you we should like like my pitches my my discussions with clients is like this is what we're going to do and this is how we're going to do it this is what we think is best for your brand they don't come to you um because they because they think you can't do it they they already know you can do it it's just how you talk to them um you know and how to offer them sort of a consultation and say this is what your brand looks like now and this is how we want to you know pursue it going forward and then if they agree they agree if they don't they don't um i think it's it's more about that and yeah mars you know is, is a great friend of both of us and 
Yeah, like you, if, if, like you see him as well. He's killing it in the game. Um, you know, spending multiple six figures a month. Um, and yeah, he's he's sort of the same route where he sort of went down the contract as well, and then he's like, you know, fuck it. <laughs> why 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 am I doing that? Where you can just deliver the service yourself for you know a few a few years, and then eventually just um, you know sell the service and get higher contractors and you know get a better quality service delivery as well mm-hmm. yeah i completely agree man so moving on to the next question so about you know since we already established that you're the one kind of just delivering the service you're the one behind the entire skill of that service delivery how'd you go about building the agency so are you a one-man team right now do you have outsourcers for different things so uh, how does your agency process kind of look like right now yeah so so basically before what it looked like was i deliver the service and then i hire everyone around me to do skills that i can't i physically just can't do myself that might just sound contradictory but i things like um creative i know what i'm looking for in a creative but doing that photoshop element um doing that you know doing editing like that I, i'm not the you know best person so i direct people to do that stuff the things that i know that i need to do and i know what i want it to look like i just direct them to do it that's what that's all i really need from that side um so the you know hiring vas to just do micro tasks that i don't need to do um doing you know creators copywriters i know each element and what i need to put into that so that's why I hire. So now as well, we started to hire a few. We've also got a few media buyers, um, and you know, for that skill itself, I understand what you know from me down what they need to be looking at, what they need to be trained on, um, what skill sets they should have already um, before I even hire them. So I I can tra- I can literally overlook these media buyers. But then the creative side is something that I can request. I can say, hey, you know, give me the creative, give me this copy. This is what I need. This is what I'm looking for. But I just don't want to do it myself. I just sort of brief them um, about that. And then, you know, there's other, other, you know, positions in the company where it's, you know, creative directors, project managers, virtual assistants. Um, yeah, there's a whole hierarchy. Um, so, yeah, it's not a one-man team. It's more like around, you know, 10 to 20 employees. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's awesome. And um, a little side question, just to follow up on that. I know there's a lot of methods in actually finding people to build your team around. So how'd you go about finding uh, these people? Was it like Upwork, LinkedIn, your personal network? Um, yeah, some of it was like personal network, just asking around. Um, I'll have a lot of friends in the sort of graphic design space. Um, and people that know like photography and stuff like that so I, I sort of went down that route and facebook groups mainly that you can get a lot of good contractors good people in facebook groups good media buyers um you know and if they're active in them sorts of facebook groups like ad buyers and stuff like that they kind of know what they're doing already so mm-hmm. hopefully anyway <laughs> awesome awesome now moving on to the uh other big category of this podcast and what people are I assume are tuning in for so success as a teenager so I know like you're really really young and a lot of your work was done during those teenage years so just starting off like how does it feel knowing that 
you know, how young you are and how far you've gotten already. Like, I know your goals, you're very ambitious. You have big goals in life. So obviously you're not really near where you want to be, but just right now compared to not only the average teenager, but the average person. So just how does it feel knowing where you are right now? And how do the people around you feel as well? Like, do you get treated differently? Do people see you as more mature or like, full of yourself like how does that kind of look um i think yeah that's a that's an interesting question i think i think i had to mature i think anyone that has to go through you know three years of just breaking your back when you're sort of like from 15 to 18 just to sort of make money i think anyone has to have a sense of maturity um you know i've obviously made some stupid purchases in my uh, in the past but I think there's a level of maturity that people have to go through um just to sort of understand what life like you know things like you know just to mature people like having deaths in the family that's a big one um moving out you know all of these little things people just mature naturally mm-hmm. but so yeah things like you know financially um helping the family that's one thing that you have to mature about. So that's something that you've got to think about. Then having, you know, people literally working under you that you have to pay month to month. And if you don't sign clients or you don't retain clients, um, that's something you have to think about. I think all of these things can either, you know, really weigh someone down or really mature them in, in, in a good manner. And there's a lot of learning curves that you sort of have to go through. So I think in that sense, I had to just generally mature quickly. I think people look at me as a more mature person um, now but to me I don't really feel that young I feel like normal I feel kind of old actually um, <laughs> I, I think I work as if I'm gonna die by 30 uh, there's something there's something about that where I'm just like just really intensely working the only days off I have is Saturday mm-hmm. so um so yeah and, and I think the people that view me you know my friends my network they they already know I'm about it they already know what I'm about um and any anyone else anyone else I don't really care about I only care about you know friends family the people that are really close to you and you know people in your network I don't really care about what other people think I'm gonna be honest I don't really you know validate myself against the people that follow me um the people that message me for you know advisors I don't really in all honesty I don't really care that much Mm -hmm. um unless they got, you know, a good amount of value to provide or, you know, you know, people like you and me, uh, we've been talking for the last X amount of years and we've just been exchanging value, man. I yeah, think it's, 100%. I, I think it's about, you know, the people that, um, that you hang around with, are they here for, you know, a lot of people that we, we even know, we have a personal, you know, that, that person that, um, so he introduced me that we, that we just batted off after three weeks. It's just, every question the guy had is just dude just do the work i've given you everything there's not much i can do there's not much else i can do to help you yeah um you know there's there's a certain amount of stuff that you can do to help someone and if they're not willing to apply it then you know that's not nothing your none of your business none of your fault i don't think um you should even i don't even think you should um play that role man i don't think you should play that mental role <laughs> a lot of the time but um yeah I've, I've i've been in those sorts of situations where people just try to take my time and i'm just like dude what are you doing 
Yeah, hundred percent. And like, even for me, like I'm obviously not near where you are as far as like, you know, success and progress, but you know, people are hitting me up. Like, obviously I'm a very helpful person. This is the whole reason I got this podcast going on to provide value. But I find there is a difference between people trying to seek genuine value and just kind of leeching off you. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think, yeah, some people just come, I don't know why, they just ask, they try to ask for the source, and it's like, dude, the source is just straight hard work, there's nothing else you can say, um, and uh, they just leech your energy, I have a lot of people that just, that, that just slid into my DMs where I've just genuinely wanted to try and help, oh, they might be 15, 16, and dude, when I was 15, 16, I wanted everyone's help, I wanted, um, you know, advice from a lot of people, so in that way I sort of kind of felt felt guilty and stuff for that Mm -hmm. but then then you sort of understand eventually that these guys may not have been on the same wavelength that you were at 15 where you just wanted every you wanted the whole world before (laughs) before anything (laughs) like um so yeah in that sense I just don't even try to interact with them man I don't think there's any point leading them on yeah man 100 percent And the reason I asked you about, you know, how you feel about like, you know, how other people feel about you more so like strangers, friends, because I know a lot of people like, I don't know what it is. Maybe they just have some sort of like validation seeking issues. I'm not too sure. But a lot of people, they want to get the money, get the success so they can like, you know, buy that nice watch, buy that nice car go to a nice vacation and just like gloat about it on social media and just like, you know, just seek validation and approval from people. And like, I'm a firm believer that if you're not doing it for yourself, then you shouldn't do it at all. So I just want to ask you that because I already knew you were, what you were going to answer. I just know the type of guy you are and I needed other people to realize that as well. Yeah, I, I think validation is an interesting debate. I was having it with a friend of mine and a lot of people validate validate against the people around them or below them. So, you know, when people flex... Uh, you know, a watch, a car, or anything like that. They valid, so they flex it on people below them. Why would you flex a Ferrari on to Bill Gates? He doesn't get, he doesn't care. Yeah. <laughs> like they, people are just trying to validate themselves against people below them. But if you're anywhere driven or anywhere like really entrepreneurial, you don't validate against people on your level or below you. You validate, you validate against people above you. Um, and that's sort of, you know, I think that's probably with me, it was like that. I had a very, very big background in badminton and I reached, you know, sort of a national level. Oh, nice. And obviously my my validation, my person, like the way I validated was against my coach. And that's validated. Up. So there's someone obviously clearly better than you. And that's how you have to validate yourself against instead of validating down. I don't really understand Um the point in you know flexing a watch flexing a car flexing any of that sort of stuff just head down just work man i don't think there's <laughs> any more secret to it a hundred percent and a big thing too like the whole flex thing that comes a lot from uh entrepreneurship and like even for me like i'm in trading you've been in like the bitcoin game too i find the people that post more about you know cars uh fancy dinners you know all that superficial stuff they're a lot less genuine and willing to help rather than people that are providing value on their stories and on their feed. So like, for example, in the trading space, if someone keeps posting 
pictures and videos of this, their same fancy car, I'm less inclined to trust them on how to make money rather than someone who's actually posting their charts and winning trades and, you know, tips on how to get started, you know, stuff like that. You know what I mean? And like a prime example, someone like Iman, for example, someone you and I know very well. Yeah. He does post, you know, uh, his watch, like his, his beautiful watch collection, the vacations he goes on. But on the contrary, there's a healthy imbalance where he's posting a lot more value for people. You know, when you go on his YouTube channel, he'll post like 10 videos in a row, just giving value. And then he'll post like one little fun vlog where like he goes and buys a watch or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think that's respectable as well. Like, you know, the guys did a lot in Nepal, did a lot for um, the education system. I think there's a lot of people that are in the space for wrong intentions. Like a lot mm-hmm. of people say that they want to do things for the education system, but they don't actually have the vision. Like, he said he wants to do things for the education system and he's got and built three schools in Nepal. Yeah, he's so, backing it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's backing, he's backing his claims. Um, but there's a lot of people that say the same thing and just want to sell a course on the contrary. So, um, yeah, it's, it's an interesting imbalance. I think, yeah, the people that flex the most, the people that don't really have a lot to give, um, man, I don't, I don't really have much to say about them. They're just stunt as man yeah man it is what it is but at the same time i feel like social media is kind of to blame our generation and like the culture behind that people just want to it's the whole like keeping up with the joneses mentality you know you just want to you know appear like you're successful and rich rather than actually be successful and rich or like whatever your goal is you know yeah 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 it's i i did i stay away from like instagram is so cancerous i don't barely even post anymore instagram is probably the worst app to be on where if you if you want to go down a dark hole i'd definitely recommend going on that app but (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah instagram is probably the worst you know it's a what it's a a one click of your lifestyle and you've just spent all your money going to nobu or something like that it's just so it's so insane yeah like Instagram is one of those things. If you don't use it properly, like you said, you'll go down a dark, dark hole. And on my trading account, like all the people I follow, it's people that, you know, it's either like my really close friends that are just following my page to give it support or the people that aren't following me that aren't my close friends. They're all people that are giving value. You know, they aren't posting their cars or their houses or their jewelry or any of that. It's actually to help people. And something like Instagram, you know, that's connected people like you and I, uh, Amar, Perik shit, you know, all these guys that bought us together, but you got to use it properly. You know, I made a podcast episode, a couple episodes back from this one called like what I learned from one month Instagram detox and like all the points, they were, they were great. You know, it just does so much to you. And I know I say that, you know, if you use it properly, then it'll be good. But a lot of people, they don't know how to use that properly. And that's kind of where everything goes wrong for people. Yeah, with Instagram, I normally just do it to, like, literally just build connections with people. I just want to, you know, a connection with people. The people that have, like, mentored me and the richest people I know in my network have, like, 1,000, 2,000 followers max. And they, bet, and they don't even post anything even related to cars or what they're doing or anything like that. They, pay, they post things like, oh, this is a trip that we went on or... This is, you know, some mountains that we went and hiked and stuff like that. They're, and they're the, literally like the richest people I know. Hmm. Um, yeah, and like in my mentors, are like none of them really post anything about 
um, you know, flexing and stuff. Because I think if you know the person, you know how you know what they're about. <laughs> There's nothing much. That's all you need to validate yourself against is um, just your network. If they know who you are, they know who you are. Hundred percent, and you're a prime example of that. Like I think you follow like. 12 people or something at this point you removed all your posts uh your stories you'll post like once a week and it's something productive so <laughs> yeah. Awesome. yeah i try to give value as much as i can on my stories but sometimes i just rant about just random shit yeah <laughs> yeah it's all good man but moving on as well uh something that'll help other people you know as far as you know the younger people go so what are just some sacrifices you had to make you know, during your teenage years and some tips that you can give for someone that's in high school or in college or, you know, whatever the case may be. So like how, how much time did you spend a day, you know, working on your craft? Uh, did you hang out with your friends less? Um, did you have to like save money and put it towards an investment rather than something fun, you know, just uh, kind of run down how that went about and just some advice as well for people. Um, I think my advice would be start with uh, a book called Rich, Rich Dad Poor Dad. Everyone's heard of it. It's a really like a very, very good book just to put you in a financial mindset where, you know, I don't, I don't disrespect people that work nine to five jobs. They can work nine to five jobs. But this book will tell you sort of where to put your money and how to start, you know, how to start thinking about money. Um, I think in terms of sacrifices, there's a lot that you have to sacrifice. It's not, it's really not that easy. Like this industry, this whole entrepreneurship game isn't as easy as it sounds. Um, you know, out of high school, for example, I only came out with two to three friends um, that I've just, I, the rest I sort of just cut off, stopped communicating. They're just not a really good influence. Um, they they just had different goals to me. They had different routes that they wanted to go down. So um, so friends, I didn't I didn't really go on holiday much. So I didn't have you know a, a trip here, a trip there, a trip here, a trip there. Um, and then most of the summer I spent just working on my craft, working and understanding, um, just understanding the industry that I'm going into, the industry that. I'm building. I wouldn't recommend for any young people to just drop out of college unless you're making a substantial amount of money. I think, you know, that's one thing that a lot of, there's a, there's a lot of misconceptions about and that's, you know, oh yeah, drop out of school, fly. <laughs> you know, it's, it's not <laughs> that easy. I, yeah. hate, I hate people that say that. It's, it's so annoying because you're literally dictating someone's life just because you made it. Um, and people just don't understand the grind, the hustle that you have to do for, you know, the previous years until you get to that point where you can just, you know, drop school, drop college. Um, but I'd recommend it, just looking at the hours that you got in your day um, and finding time where you can educate yourself on a new subject, whether it be finance, whether it be investing, whether it be marketing, whether it be... Um, you know, anything, and then getting courses as well. Like if you got a job, invest it in a course instead of going on the weekend um, and partying with your mates. If you got a job, just invest it in something that's going to benefit you going forward. Um, a lot of the time, people, and th I think this is where that misconception of, oh, nine to five people are losers and stuff like that. I think the misconception 
is people aren't doubting that nine to five thing. Nine to five is great. You got to do what you got to do to make bread, and that's completely fine. I I hundred percent respect that. Mm-hmm. I think where people don't respect is you want to make you want to make it out of the rat race. You want to make it out of the rat, uh, you know, stuff like that. But then you go and you're spending all of your money that you're making on trying to impress, you know, trying to impress your friends, trying to go out on the weekend, like you, as, you know, things like that. Just buying alcohol, buying drugs, whatever it is, all of that stuff's not like it's not going to help you anywhere near get out of that job that you that you want to get out of. I think that's the misconception is where people say, oh, yeah, I want to get out of the nine to five. I'm working a job, this, that, the other. And that's fine. It's that other side. It's where you put that money. It's where you um, choose to spend your money versus living humbly and get just working. Yeah, I completely agree with that. Like, you know, I when I was younger and a bit more immature, obviously, like I had that other opinion of nine to fives that were just like, oh, like screw nine to fives, like who needs them, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> you know, bit immature of me but you know as i grew older i realized you know you got to do what you got to do to make money and as long as you know you want to get out of it and you're allocating the time away from work properly and you're allocating some money that you're earning properly as well to make sure that you're getting the education and the investments you need then a 95 could be i i un or ironically like your way out of it you know what i mean because you're leveraging where you're getting from that to get to where you want to be type of thing yeah people don't even see the long-term roi so if you spent a thousand pounds on a course and I, i'm not i'm not 100 into that course thing as well there's loads of bullshit courses but if but you know beginning i think you should definitely invest in a course if you spent a thousand pounds on a course and with that skill that you learned from that course or you know if you invest it into a mentor whatever it is if you earn just 300 pounds in three months, in three, four months, you'd have your money back. Like there's, it's just simple math. If you invested that into partying or doing drugs, that's that just one night mentality. It's like, this is you, you've got it now and it's, and it's gone basically. Versus if you just invest it into, back into yourself in three months, four months, you'll make it back. People just looking for that Instagram application that, Snap that Instagram story, that Snapchat story that they want to make just for this, for 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 the same amount that they could, um, you know, make more money out of. Yeah, I hundred percent agree with that. Like every course I've bought, every mentorship I've gone into, um, every group that I've joined, I've always made the money back, either really quickly or in a few months, like you said. Like a prime example, um. You and I, we were in uh, Ryan Ramshaw's Upwork mentorship, and I forgot how much it was. I think it was like two. I forgot how much it was like now, but I remember like a few weeks later, I signed two clients off of Upwork. I made back the money that I spent to learn how to get those clients and more. And that's also knowledge that I got from that'll stick with me for life to make even more money. So that's just like a prime example. Yeah, that's that's it. That's it. Like. Uh, even like you know that or even if you don't immediately earn it and you but you've learned something new you've learned uh, you know understanding like upwork for example upwork really wasn't for me 
mm-hmm. but now I know how to sort of use a platform. Um, on the, and I, I'll do more of that for the hiring side as well. Um, but you know, it introduced me to a whole new platform, a whole new way to, you know, if I ever needed to start doing like freelance work and stuff like that, um, or get clients that way. I think that's, you know, a skill that you could learn, but a lot of people just spend it on a car, spend it on, you know, and then, yeah, it's, it's a run up and down for hours, man. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. And like another example too, like in the trading space, I know there's a lot of scammers and a lot of people that don't know what they're doing, but for the people that are legit, you know, a lot of people that either sell a course or a mentorship for a one-time fee, either between like, two to five hundred dollars or pounds or whatever the currency is or they'll have like a month to month thing well where they'll make people pay like 20 a month 30 a month 40 50 a month max you know some people even like 100 a month depending on like the brand and how good they are but the thing is you look at it something like trading and investing once you know what you're doing and once you get the hang of it then it's just consistent a flow of cash basically that's just coming into your bank account when you withdraw and like I would definitely hundred percent spend $50 a month to learn from someone. If I know like a trade or two is going to make back that $50 and way more. So that's just the side that a lot of people just don't see. It's literally not only are you getting a return on investment in regards to the education you're receiving and a skill that you're learning, but you're getting the direct monetary return on investment where this money you're spending to learn is making you money directly. So there's also that correlation. Yeah, and a hundred percent. People would rather just spend it on like Netflix or some shit though. Like literally won't do anything for them. Like I can't sit at, I can't sit at a movie for two hours and like every time I try to do that I just I, I have to get up and just go and do something. Is <laughs> I'm that that agitated about stuff that I just literally just can't sit still for two hours on something that I know that's just wasting my life away. Yeah. Yeah, it's all good, man. But moving on, just like w- almost closing off the episode here. So before I go into like, you know, your goals for the future and the quick fire round questions at the end, I just want to ask, you know, what are some daily mindset and discipline tips and strategies that you practice yourself? You know, it doesn't have to be anything deep. It can just be something as simple as like, you know, I journal at the beginning and end of the day or I write like affirmations or Whatever it is, do you have anything that you follow and that you kind of stick by on a day-to-day to to make sure that you stay disciplined and get the work done that you want to share with the people? Um, I think for, for, so for me not to pick up my phone, what I do is I actually have um, a color filter. I think it's called a color filter. And that's where it's like the screen's black and white. So instead of having a lot of colors on your phone, you have, um, a black and white screen so that literally makes me not want to pick up my phone and actually just go on my laptop instead so you know automatically on your laptop and you're probably going to end up working anyway so that's one thing I do um, a few apps that I have so my to-do list I make on an app called Notion and that can be uh, transferred to your phone as well and um, yeah so any any micro tasks that I have um I use that. I use something called Shift to integrate my email, my Slack, my Asana, everything that I need to be organized and, you know, everything I have to run, run the agency, I have it in that. Um, so it's not, so I don't have to keep on opening Chrome tabs and stuff like that. Um, 
And I'd definitely recommend something called the Pomodoro technique. And that's where for every like 25 minutes, you just intensely focus on one task and one task only. And it could be longer than 25, it could be less than 25. But at the end of that 25 minutes, um, you get a five minute break and then you can work at something else after. And at the, in the morning, what I do is I tend to plan out what each Pomodoro or, you know, what each sort of kind of work block, um, what I'm going to do in each work block. And you probably need max like four to eight a day to get everything done. It's really, like, if you do intense work versus just scattered work where you're procrastinating or you're looking around and stuff like that, it just doesn't work. But if you do like intense two hours to four hours a day, that should be more than enough to, to crank out a lot of work. That's awesome. Yeah, like the uh, the method that you prescribed where, you know, you go 25 minutes and then give yourself a break. That's something that I've been utilizing pretty much since the start of 2020. And it's done me so, so, so well. Like there's stuff that used to take me hours to do before. I'll get, I'll get it done in literally like two hours. And that's because it's quality of work rather than quantity. So even though like before I thought I was working hard, working, you know, six, seven, eight hours a day. I got the same amount of work done more efficiently in literally two, three hours. So it's super powerful. And it's funny. You mentioned the, uh, the phone thing, like with the black and white screen, I did, I actually did hear about that literally just off of some guy on Twitter. I don't even know who mentioned at this point, but it all lies behind the fact that like on your phone, because like all those fancy colors and stuff, that's because it's visually stimulating it's going to want your brain is going to want more of it. And that's kind of why these like apps like Instagram and stuff, they have these like colorful purple colors and stuff. It's literally meant to keep you on for a long time. So, you know, I'm really glad that you shared that tip because like I completely forgot about it, but it is super useful. Exactly. And I don't have any of my notifications on apart from uh, if someone directly texts my number. So I don't have any Instagram. I don't have, uh, messenger i don't i don't even have the facebook app itself um i don't have any of that sort of stuff so if 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 the person that needs to get to me has my number then either you know ring me or um directly text you as well and i also keep my contact list very limited as well i don't give out one my phone number here and there mm-hmm. <laughs> just just to get more contact but um but yeah all right awesome now, just to close off the podcast before we get into the uh, quick fire questions. So this is a question that I ask uh, everyone at the end. And what are your goals for the future? And when I say future, I mean like one to 10 years down the line. So it's a big range, but it just goes to show, you know, it's more of a long-term thing rather than short term. Um, yeah, that's an interesting one. I think a lot, a lot can happen in a year. So for example, next year, um, hopefully when like the coronavirus and stuff dies down, um, I'm going to be investing in houses. I'm going to get around two to three houses, maybe even more. Um, that's my aim. You know, I've just turned 18, so I'm legally allowed to. Um, so yeah, houses, real estate. I think real estate is probably the long-term move. Um, but yeah, and overall, it's just growing the agency, you know, even more. Um, getting more employees on board, getting more clients on board, working with even bigger brands than we are now. And, um, and yeah, there's, there's not really much, but apart from, 
yeah, just real estate investing. And I think I'm actually, actually, I know for definite, I'm going to start getting into that sort of trading side and investing side where I can, you know, move money and start making more money with my the money that I'm getting now. Mm-hmm. That's awesome, man. Well, I wish you all the best with that. And I have no doubt that you're going to achieve all of that. So good work. Yeah. So moving on to the quick fire questions. So this is actually the first time I've ever done quick fire questions with a guest. I just thought, you know, I may as well just start off with you. So the first quick fire question. So what is your favorite pastime away from work? Walking or yeah, walking or hiking or something like going on holiday, some physical activity. Nice. Uh, any traditions after signing a client or getting them results? So like, do you like to reward yourself or? Ooh, signing a client. Nah, that's, that's probably where it starts. <laughs> that's the word. That's where the real work starts. But yeah, I, I, I tried to reward myself. For example, hitting my first 10,000 pound month. I think last year I brought uh, an aura ring. So that's something that I brought. And then yeah for milestones like my 18th birthday i brought a watch uh yeah just little milestones like that i don't really go too extravagant um for a certain client that we both know i brought one of their hoodies <laughs> so um <laughs> nice. that i did one of them but yeah they're, they're a big clients so i had to sort of do something do something for that um but yeah that's about it awesome uh most regretful purchase yeah, the watch I bought on my 18th birthday. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you mind me asking which watch which watch it is? It was a it was actually a Gucci watch. Um, it cost like I think one to two thousand pounds, something yeah around around that. But I, the thing is, I don't wear watches anywhere. I hate things on my wrist, and it just gets annoying when you're on your laptop. So it's literally in the box right now. So I don't do anything with it. <laughs> no worries, man. Uh, favorite form of outreach slash client acquisition? Referrals. Like, referrals are the best. Like, if you're going to get one quality way of getting clients is doing a good job on the service delivery for one client and then telling them to recommend you two more. That's the easiest way you'll get a client. Awesome. And last quick fire question. If you had to start all over again with what you know now, what would you do? And just summarize it in a few sentences. Um, I'd probably work like if I didn't know anything, I'd probably wait. Is it if I do know anything or if I don't? Yeah, yeah, everything you know right now, but like you just started again from zero. Okay. Um, yeah, if I don't have if I didn't have any money, I'd definitely work. I'd do some something to build that cash flow, then I'd invest into like a mentor or a mentor that I already know now. Um, or I'd reach out and do free work for someone. And then I just understand the process and yeah, pretty much just work from there and start building out. And then I'd get to a point where my income from, uh, you know, the vehicle agency work is surpassing my income from like the job or whatever I'm doing. And I'd quit the job and go full time into the agency stuff. Awesome, man. Well, that wraps up the entire podcast. So again, thank you so much for hopping on. Uh, This was a pleasure to record with you, man. No problem, man. Yeah, anytime.
Awesome. Awesome. So for those listening, thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you guys got a lot of value out of this and I'll see you guys in the next episode. Take care. So I hope you guys enjoyed that episode. If you did, go ahead and subscribe on whatever platform you're using to listen. And I'll catch you guys next Monday.